This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. It's summer, and you probably have a lot more time on your hands to really reflect on what went well last year in your classroom. Maybe you have more time to pursue your passions or read a new book. There's so many new books and really great books to read. And that might be lighting a fire in you that is leading you to make big plans on trying something new next year in your classroom. And the first thing I want to say about that is I encourage you to try something new. Push yourself to do something bold and different. In fact, just yesterday, I got a message on Instagram from a teacher that's ready to try something new next year. She was so open about what her students need and wants to go all in with Word Problem Workshop. And I love that, especially because over the summer, there is just such a great amount of time to be able to watch trainings, attend PDs, and really solidify a plan that'll work for you and your students next year. However, in this episode, I want to go through a few pitfalls that I often see teachers make when they jump into a new way of teaching or when they are starting to implement effective teaching practices or even just anything big, bold, and new. So we're going to go through three kind of mistakes that people often make. Number one, they assume that they don't need to spend time on creating a community or establishing a culture. A lot of times we want to just jump right in to the new thing, right? I've been in so many classrooms where teachers just want to jump right in to having students productively struggle without the setup. We read about productive struggle and it speaks to us because we understand that, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, right? We want to teach our students how to struggle. But that has to happen within a culture and a community of struggle. So giving tasks to our students to productively struggle with before we set norms and before we practice struggle can be a huge mistake. Our students will be left in unproductive struggle, right? Even destructive struggle, leading them to think more poorly about their math abilities and even develop math anxiety. So yeah, I want you to practice struggling, which might sound crazy, but hear me out. 
Use something like which one doesn't belong, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I talk about all the time because I think it is one of the best ways to help teach students to struggle as well as teach students that there can be multiple answers to questions and how to explain their reasoning and on and on. But anyway, use which one doesn't belong to help your students struggle. They're going to have to sit in the uncertainty of one for sure right answer, which is going to be the first time that they probably struggle. They might also struggle with the fact that you're not going to tell them if they're right or wrong, and you're going to ask them to explain their thinking and try to prove if they're right or wrong. So that is a great way for you to practice the struggle. I also highly recommend that you go back to my episode on norms. I feel like I've done like a million episodes on norms, but I will link them in the show notes because establishing norms and reestablishing norms in your math classroom, norms that are specific to math, is so key if we want our students to take risks. And struggling in front of your friends is a huge, huge risk. We're out here in lake life, so if you hear a boat motor or noisy birds, it's lake life. (laughs) The second common pitfall that teachers often make when adopting something new is talking too much. The dominant voice in our classrooms should be the students. The teacher's role in the discussion is to listen and guide, not to talk and teach. But again, this takes time. So, You can start right now this summer. Number one, changing your mindset on that role in the classroom. Number two, reflecting on what your role is right now in the classroom. Think about how a discussion goes in class and ask yourself, who's doing most of the talking? And then number three is start planning your questions. You can start simply with, tell us what you did and why you did it right? And if you want a list of more questions, there's that fishing boat. (laughs) If you want a list of questions that you can ask, you can go to monamath.com slash discussions and you can get my guide to engaging discussions as well as a whole list of questions to ask. But really number two is this idea that you don't want to fall into the pitfall of trying a new teaching strategy or using a new activity and then becoming the only one who talks or leading students with questions to an answer or a strategy that you are leading them to. Instead, you want to help your students become better mathematicians by explaining their thinking. Mathematicians explain their thinking. They justify their reasoning, right? And so when we provide that space in our classrooms for our students' voice to be dominant, we can really help them develop their understanding because they have to explain what they know, listen to others, critique the reasoning of others, and use evidence to justify their reasoning. I could talk about math discussions all day long, but let's move on to number three, the third pitfall that teachers make when jumping into a new way of teaching or starting to implement something new. It's jumping in to save students through explaining and showing. This is maybe a little bit of a touchy subject, but did you know that literally no child has ever been scared by a minor failure or 
being off track on a problem. They've never been ruined as a mathematician for spending eight minutes doing something all wrong. They can make mistakes and be completely wrong for an entire day and they won't be ruined. But your teacher heart and my teacher heart tell us to guide them through showing them what to do, right? To get it right. We want them to get right or on track, right? But that's not guiding them. That's telling them. You want to help your students that are off track. So how about ask them, what did you do and why? Get them to explain what they did. Then ask them, what in the problem told you to do that? Or ask them, why does that work? Can you prove it? Getting your students to find their mistake and fix their mistake, that's more powerful. And you know that. You like to fix your own problems, right? Instead of having your partner or your boss lean over your shoulder and tell you exactly what to do differently, right? So we have to make sure that when we're deciding to give our students more opportunities to struggle, more opportunities to talk, that we also give them more trust, that we're willing to say, it's okay if you get this wrong, and we believe it, and our actions match. If, when our students are off track, and when they are wrong, we stand over them or sit next to them, and ask them leading questions that leads them back onto track, and what they're doing is filling in the blanks to our questions, but not truly understanding, then we're not really helping them. We're telling them. We're teaching them. And teaching isn't a bad thing, right? That's what we're all here to do. But what we want is we want our students' understanding to match our questioning. And so let me put it a different way. We want where our students are right now to be nudged and inched forward on that trajectory of learning, not bunny hopped all the way down to where we understand things. So in your classroom, this, when you're thinking about doing something differently this school year, I want you to reflect on when you jump in to save students, to explain and to show them things. Okay, so at this point, you've either turned off the podcast because you're just sick of me, or you're like, hell yeah, Mona, let's go. I want to do something different next year. And that different that you're describing sounds like what I want to do. If you are still here, let's freaking go. So what should you do? In my opinion, you should attend my free summer PD. It's coming up. It's starting in July, after the 4th of July. And we will be meeting on Zoom. You will get to attend the live. You'll get a recording and you'll get any materials you need to make that strategy I'm teaching you come to life. I'm hosting three free PDs. So everybody come to those. And I'm hosting three low-cost PDs that are going to be $27.00. And so you want to get to those. That's the first thing you should do because I'm going to be sprinkling in all these nuggets of information that are going to help you make some big, beautiful, empowering change in your classroom this year. The second thing I think you should do is you should go right now to monamath.com slash WPW, which stands for Word Problem Workshop. And I want you to read the information there. And I want you to think about if that is something that you want to do differently with your class. 
if you're ready to get your students productively struggling with word problems, discussing their math thinking, and you're a person who likes a routine because you can't be having things change every day, but you know your students need this practice with word problems. When I tell you that Word Problem Workshop in the research that it's based on, when I read that, it changed everything for me. Not just how I felt about math and how I taught math, but it changed how I felt about teaching everything. It lit a fire inside of me that I didn't even know was ex- like could exist as a teacher. I was already so happy being a teacher, but this changed it all for me. So go check it out, monamath.com, W slash WPW. And I will see you on Wednesday. I have a, okay, real quick, Wednesday, super special interview. So please make sure you come back um, and hear this interview because it is with someone very special and we're talking all about Word Problem Workshop. So I will see you on Wednesday for that interview. Bye, friend. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. (laughs) If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.